0: So let's welcome Joshua to teach us. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Awesome. All right. Let's do this. So first I just want to start off. um, I just want to give thanks and credit where credit is due. Um, I just want to thank the Lord for this opportunity. Um, Because some of you may know I teach Tuesday at the college career, uh, Tuesday nights, and I teach a Wednesday study at my work in our break room. And the last few months have been a little difficult. Our work study is starting to dwindle. Um, And in that, I mean, no one's come for the last three weeks. So it can be kind of frustrating. So I'm trying to be faithful. And, you know, sometimes not a lot of people will show up on Tuesdays. And, you know, my heart's, my prayer to the Lord lately has just been, Lord, like, I don't want people to come because of me. I don't want people to come because I'm reminding them or because they feel obligated. Like, I just want an opportunity to teach your children who have a desire to know you and to grow in the things of you and that's all I want I just want an opportunity to feed your hungry children if it's one person that's fine if it's 50 cool If it's, I don't care I just want to feed the hungry with your word um, so I just want to thank him for that because I had a rough last month really rough and then he comes in and throws this grace on me he's like well no, I'm going to let you teach three whole chapters which might take me three weeks it might take me eight weeks I don't know we'll see how it goes Um, It took me like a year and a half to get the Revelation, so we'll see how long I'll be here, but it's going to be good. You guys, uh, it's going to be fun. And thankfully, this is going to be the Lord working, not through me. It's going to be him, so I'm sure it's going to go amazing. Um, But we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12, so my original title of my message was Gifts from Above, but I think I want to change it to Gifts and the Spice of Life, because who likes gifts? I know I like gifts, right? And everybody likes a little spice in their life, right? So I think that's a, a good topic, because we're going to kind of cover those things. <clears throat> so today we're going to go over chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Um, we're going to take a look at the gifts and the diversity of the gifts, the application of the gifts, and ultimately the great gift giver, who is the God the Father. Um, as we know, this letter um, that Paul is writing to the Corinthians is a corrective letter. It's a reprimanding letter, um, because... They were kind of jacked up. They were divided on issues that they should have been united on. They were united on things they should have been divided on. Major issues were made minor. Minor issues were made major. People were raised up in social standings for certain gifts and things they were doing. Um, And it was just out of line. So we have to remember that this is a corrective letter as we apply this to what we're learning today. So we'll go ahead and read verses 1 through 11 and then we'll break it down. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 the Bible says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues. And another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So starting off here in verses 1 through 2, we see that Paul says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you are Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you are led. So it's important to note, they're in the first verse where Paul is saying, now concerning spiritual gifts, you notice that the word gifts is, an itali- is italicized, which means it is not in the original text, so it was added in later. That's what that means, if you guys don't know. It's kind of a cool note. Um, so it could be referring to spiritual gifts. It could be referring to spiritual people, just spiritual things in general. So what Paul is trying to point out is that just because you're a gifted person doesn't mean you're spiritual. Okay, just because you possess these gifts That God has given you doesn't mean you're walking by faith, doesn't mean you're in tune with what the Lord wants to do, has no correlation to any of that. It's a gift that God has given you, right? It has nothing to do with us. Um, And as we learned, the church of Corinth was a very gifted church, right? They were very gifted. Could have been one of the most gifted churches in the Bible, but um, they're also very carnal, right? They tried to live with one foot in the world and one foot in God's kingdom, And we know that that's not not the way it works. It never works like that because we know those things are contradictory to each other. As Paul explained in 1 Corinthians uh, 3.3, for as you still are carnal, for there are envy, strife, and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So these these people in uh, the church of Corinth were not behaving like godly individuals. They were not behaving like spiritual beings. They were behaving like men, like fleshly men. Right? Wicked men, divisions and issues that really weren't that big of a deal. And things that were, they made them very diminished. And I like to think about, you know, we all do that. We all get carnal with our gifts and what God has given us, some more than others, but don't we all get a little ignorant with our spiritual gifts at times? Right? You see it in our society everywhere. You I mean you just look around, you see first off musicians and rappers. I don't know if you guys listen to a lot of rap, but I work in a gym and I hear it daily, and it blows me away that they play this music unedited in a gym where there's children and, you know, just all these different people. And they have this great gift of worship that they're using for things contrary than glorifying God, right? They're using it to make money and to buy cars and see how many gold chains you can get around your neck. And they're putting these unrealistic expectations in children's minds that, you know, if they hit it big like them and they're gangster that they can have three Bentleys and 20 women in each car. It's just not realistic. It's just not going to happen, right? But they have an amazing gift of worship that they're using for things opposing to God. We have writers and artists, these creative minds that are doing things that are not glorifying to God. You know, there's books out that, let's just say, shouldn't even exist, you know, with the content that are in them. Um. Politicians, we know our elections coming up, great leadership skills in these people, charismatic people, but they're using them for their own selfish gain and to move themselves forward in their in their lives. We have scientists like Richard Dawkins, amazing brain, right? But he uses it to oppose God and to try to disprove God, as opposed to someone like Pastor James Cadiaus, one of the smartest guys I've ever met, he uses it to glorify God. He uses it to prove God, he uses the facts, right? So it's a gift used in the wrong way. Even pastors like Joe Olstein, great teacher, great leader, but he uses his gifts to take advantage of people. Personal trainers, accountants, event planners, bankers, people that just work hard in general. You know, that work ethic is a gift from God. And we use it to improve our status and our position in society, to put ourselves where we want to be. And those gifts are everywhere in our society. Um, we waste them on our selfish ambitions and our own gain, and they're meant to glorify God. So let me give you a biblical example here. So um, this was taught on Wednesday. Everybody, I'm not sure if everybody knows who Samson is, but he's the guy with the long hair, the superhuman strength. He's like the Hulk of the Bible. Okay? Um, this guy killed a thousand Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. Like I don't know if you guys want to try to like picture that in your head, but that's pretty pretty intimidating. I mean, a jawbone of a donkey, it's like this this big, and he's just a thousand I don't know. It's crazy. But obviously he was a gifted warrior for God meant to destroy God's enemies, right? But he also used it in an ignorant way. In Judges 14, 5 through 6, the Bible says, So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring out against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat. Though he had nothing in his hand, but he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done so this guy is walking down, down the road a lion jumps out of the bush i mean it was me i'm running you know peace i'm probably not going to make it far but he grabs the lion and tears the lion in half as one would a goat i don't even know if i could tear a goat apart but he tears the lion in half right so he goes down to timna he does his thing he's walking on the way back if you guys read further in there it's a cool little section and on the way back, there's like honey in the lion carcass. And of course, he's hungry. He just tore apart a lion. You know, he got to get his post-workout meal in. So he's eating this honey, going back, you know, to his house. And he goes to this feast with 30 different people. There's 30 people there, right? There are all these people. And he finds these 30 guys, and he, he uses the situation selfishly. So he poses them a riddle about the lion and the honey. Says, hey, if you guys, you 30 people can solve this riddle, I'm going to give you guys clothes and linens and all these fine things but if not, you have to give me linens and fine things, right? So at the end of the day, he's using that gift God given him of strength and that ability to try to improve his position. If you finish, you'll notice that if you read that section, it doesn't work out. His his wife tells on him and he gets angry and it, it turns out really bad. But essentially the example is he uses the gift of God of strength to further his position in the society and the world, right? And that's not something we should be doing. Um, So that's something we don't want to do. Not that any of us can tear a line in half, of course. Um, But I'm sure you can apply it to your own lives. And he loses that bet. But we see the important note here in that section. um, In verse 6 it says, And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the line apart. Right. So it's not he tore the line apart, and then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. So it's not, Samson didn't tear the line apart. The Spirit of the Lord allowed him to do that. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Right? So that's because of him. Or because of the Holy Spirit, not because of him. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So the reason why we're good at what we're good at isn't because we're awesome. It's because God has gifted you with that, right? We shouldn't take credit and be ignorant for things that don't have to do with us, right? It has nothing to do with us. We shouldn't be boasting about, you know, oh man, I'm such a good personal trainer. Let me tell you, I'm number one in the district, number one in the region every month. I get, I get the sales and that's not me. That's God's ability. And now that I look back, I can see how as a young trainer, God was developing these talents as a a trainer to go up to someone on a treadmill say how are you doing talk to them relate to them sell them training and how that directly correlates now to me going out to the block of orange and doing the same thing but for Jesus talking to people introducing myself hey have you heard about the Lord so I can see how he developed those talents for his glory right so it's not bad that I use those talents to make money in my job but if that's all I'm focused on and I neglect what God's called me to do that's where we fall short Verse 3, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So what Paul's referring to here is there was a rumor going on um, during this, this time of the church, and still today even, um, that when people were speaking in tongues, they were blaspheming God, right? Which isn't true, because as we see here, no one, no one speaks of God like that. A curse by the Holy Spirit. It's just not going to happen. We don't blaspheme God in tongues because that's a gift of God. Right? And just studying and hearing different messages this week, I guess it happens a lot. But it's never like a first hand account. It's like someone's, like, oh yeah, I have a cousin from Egypt who came to a Bible study with my mother in law who heard this guy speaking in tongues and he was blaspheming, the Holy Spirit, blaspheming God. It's never like a first hand account, right? Because it's just not true. It doesn't correlate with the, the things of God. But back then, to confess that Jesus was Lord was a big deal. I think we kind of take advantage of that now because it's, I mean, it's less accepted now than it was. I mean, we had the Jesus movement and all that. Everybody was crazy about the Lord, which was awesome. But back then, it was not a cool thing, right? And that culture was counterintuitive to the culture. It was not popular to be a follower of Christ. You know, the Roman Empire would make you come once a year and confess that Caesar is Lord. You had to do that. They said, yeah, you can believe in Jesus, you can believe in Buddha, you can believe in Allah, whatever you want, as long as you confess that Caesar is Lord. right? So you can see how that would pose a, pop, a problem to some of these Christians, because we can't do that, right? And that would oftentimes bring persecution and even death upon them. So failure to do so, do so would have some steep punishments. But this is all an assumption to the Corinthians that they were the only ones that had this figured out, that they had the spirit, that they had the right way, right? They were saying, we're doing it right, everybody else is wrong. Um, but as he says here also, <clears throat> in verse 3, he says, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit, right? So they didn't, they're not the only ones that had it figured out because they didn't hone the market on God. Nobody does because it's not of us, it's by the Holy Spirit, it says here. So it has nothing, again, it has nothing to do with us. So we shouldn't be boasting. This church shouldn't have been boasting because it doesn't. Because the work that God does in our lives to bring us to that point is what gives us that salvation, right? In Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, the Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we can't boast about our salvation or how awesome and holy we are because it has nothing to do with us and everything to do with God. So I like to use an example when I'm out open air preaching or just talking to people in general, I'll say, this is how easy it is for you to go to heaven. This is how God works. Because people think you've got to give up stuff and trade, you know, it's lies, right? It's a gift of God. He, I say, does anybody want this $5 bill? I say, here you go. Anybody anybody want this $5 bill? Right? And oftentimes, they'll just stand there and they'll look at me. And they're like, well, what do I have to give you? I have to give you my shirt? I'm like, no, I don't want your shirt. Do I have to give? No, nothing. What do you want for it? Nothing. But like they're they're timid, right? So if I was to give you this $5 bill, and then you were to go to the church and say, bro, let me tell you about this $5 bill I got today, man. I worked so hard for it, and no one else got this $5 bill but me. And it's like, why would you boast about getting a $5 bill for free? It's just, it's ignorance. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But that's how easy it is. God makes it for us. He puts it in front of us, but we have to respond to that calling and receive the gift, right? So that's, unless he extends that, which he does to all of us, unless we take it, it's useless. So no one can say that Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. We don't just wake up and be like, you know what, I've come to the conclusion today through my studies that (laughs) Jesus is in fact the Lord without the Holy Spirit. Like that's not the way it works, right? Verses four through six. There are diversities of gifts, they're the, but they're the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So, Paul is trying to show the church of Corinth here that God is not a cookie cutter God, that God will not be conformed to what we think he should be. Right? That's not who he is. He believes that variety is the spice of life. That's how God likes it. Sometimes he likes his ministry a little messy, he likes his church a little messy. You know, I think sometimes maybe we should all stand up and maybe sit in a different seat on Sundays and, you know, spice it up a little bit. Sit some, next to someone you don't know. You know, I, you know, I can do it too. I sit in the same seat every week. But, it's like, but we get in that repetition, right? God's not about that repetition. He's about variety. Um, of course, there's guidelines to this walk of faith we have, but it shows that we have the freedom to work through his spirit in how God has gifted us. And you can see it just in ourselves. We have different personalities, different interests, different strengths, different weaknesses. There's over a billion people in the world. And guess what? Nobody has the same thumbprint. Nobody has the same fingerprint. God made us all individually special. So Paul is showing um, that there are different kinds of gifts. And here in the next few chapters, we'll kind of look at that as well. But everyone has a different gift from the Lord. So I related to football because I played football, you know. Um, So I was a lineman in football, right? So if you took me, lineman, first team, all state, you know, if you don't believe me, ask my wife, we can rotate, but um, for, you know, lineman, if you took me, I wasn't the fast guy on the team, and you split me out wide to run a deep post rant, I mean, you might not know what it is, but just run, you know, against these 130 pound receivers and catch a ball, it's not going to happen because first of all, I'm slow, I can't catch anything, it's just not going to work out, that's not my gift set, right? But if you put me on the line, I'm really good at getting in the way of people. I can just stand there like a champ and just stop people. Like, that's what I was good at. And I was really good at that. I was really good at getting in the way. You know, same thing. You put a receiver there, he's going to get blown up, right? So we have to make sure that we're working our gifts according to the ministries that we're in and where God wants us, right? So in church, for instance, you know, I love evangelism. I love to do that. But if you were to take Josh here and put him in charge of the finances, we might be in some trouble, just saying, you know. Thank God for auto, automatic bill pay on our bills. You ask my wife, I mean, what's, what are you doing over here? You know, same thing. If you take someone that's in charge of the finances and put them out on a park bench in the middle of orange with a speaker and, a, and the amp, I don't know if it's going to go that well, you know. So it's just we have to make sure we're in the right places for our gift set to where God has called us to do those things. So there's different ministries but the same Lord, diversities of activities but the same God. So not only are there different gifts, but the way we exercise our gifts are different too. Right? So there's many many gifted teachers here that I can learn from, right? So I don't teach the same as Johnny teaches and he doesn't teach like Brian teaches and Richard teaches and Calvin teaches and you know all these people teach it's different and that's beautiful. It's amazing because it speaks different things, right? So when I first, you know, when Johnny told me the first time, Josh, you're teaching the college career this, you know, next Saturday, he didn't ask me, which is good because I probably would have said no. I was like, oh, man, okay, got to pay attention at Sunday, got to do what Johnny does, got to make, you know, didn't I'm trying to be like Johnny, and it didn't go well in the beginning because I'm not Johnny. If I try my hardest, I'm going to make a real bad impersonation of Johnny or Brian <laughs> or whoever, right? Because God made Johnny to be Johnny. He made Brian to be Brian. He made Richard to be Richard. I'm not a good Richard. I'm not. It's not going to happen. But I'll tell you what, I can be an amazing Joshua because that's who God made me to be. And I have to figure out how he made me and how he wants to use me. Right? So learning through that and my abilities that God gave me, you can take from those people, sure, but use it and add your own spice on it as well. So there's different ways you can do those, um, those gifts. And there's different ministries. So you have college career, marriage, J19, Yanyo, men's, women's, children's, worship, you know, all those different things. And all these teaching ministries, it's different people and different styles. So it's beautiful how, you know, it's not one cookie-cutter way to teach, right? It's, it's different for everybody. And that's what makes God so special, is he just works in so many different people in so many different ways. And it also relates to our relationship with God in general, because everyone's different. Everybody has different experiences. Everybody has different hopes and dreams and hurts. Um, so for me, I'll give you this example. So I came to the Lord about five years ago. Um, my mother passed away from a heart attack unexpectedly so I didn't know the Lord and I was like I don't pray you know I don't do this stuff <clears throat> and I took two months off of work because I was pretty depressed just sat in my room did nothing and the way I dealt with my stress is I would just work out I'm like yeah I'm going to pump this iron you know I'm going to get it going I was at the gym one day at Long Beach super sport I'll never forget it and I'm, I'm like I can't work out like I physically couldn't like contract my muscle it was weird I'm like this is so frustrating I just want to get this stress out right And so I go in this little, like, handicapped restroom where there's one bathroom, and I lock the door, and I sit there, and I just start thinking, and I hear my wife's voice. I hear, you know, my friend's voices from when I lived back in Michigan. I hear some of my mentor's voices, like, you need to give it to God. You need to give, you know. And I just, like, fell on the ground in this nasty bathroom floor and started praying to the Lord, like, Lord, take it. I don't want it. And I felt like this rush of like sensation and I felt a weight lift off my shoulders and it was like this big emotional crying, you know. But that's not how it is for everybody because it's different for everybody, right? I'm a very emotional person. Some people aren't emotional. So again, when I started sharing with people and seeing people come to the Lord, I went, oh man, let me tell you, we're gonna pray. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna go to heaven. Well, let's pray. Okay, okay, Lord. You know, I want you in my life. You're my Lord and Savior. You know, forgive me. Amen, I'm all. You feel it? They're like, no, I'm all, okay, let's pray again. All right, Lord, come on. Jesus, come upon us, Holy Spirit. Nothing. And I'm like, oh, Lord, am I doing this wrong? He's not feeling the sensation. He's not crying. He's not on his knees. Like, what's happening, right? But that's not the way everybody is. is not everybody's emotional. And that's something I had to learn. Um... Because God relates to us in different ways. So we can't base our faith and our experiences off of emotions and off of what other people have done, like, man, if I'm not if I don't feel like this when I get baptized by the Holy Spirit, it must not be right. Maybe next week. Like that's not the way it's gonna work. Right? We have to put our faith in the Word of God. You know, the Bible says that if you confess that Jesus is Lord and you repent, that He's faithful and just to forgive you, it doesn't matter how you feel. If you do that with your heart, you're in. So now it's like, okay, let's pray. Did you mean it? Cool, all right, see you later. See you in heaven. It's not a big deal. Everybody's everybody's experiences are different. So we can't have faith in our experiences or emotions. We have to have faith in the word of God. So let God work. Verse seven. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So relating back to Samson, God did not give him the strength to benefit himself in his social standing and his worldly standing. God did not gift these rappers you hear on the radio, the gifts to make, see how much money they can make in a year, you know, who can make the most money. God didn't give give, uh, Richard Dawkins his brain to be used in opposition. And God did not gift us so we could make our lives the way we want in a selfish manner. That's not why he gave us our gifts. He gave us our gifts, as it says here, to benefit his children, to benefit everyone, to glorify himself and edify his people. That's why he gave you his gift, as it says here in verse 7. For the profit of all. So let me ask you guys this question. What are you doing with the gifts that God has given you? Right? Do you know your gifts? If not, we have gift tests in the back. You can take it and you can figure it out. It's pretty cool. There's like 20 of them, so first come, first serve. Don't everyone rush at the end. Um, but really, this is what I think about when I think of myself. Is our church better because of the gifts that God has given me? Am I putting into God's church and God's people what he has given me? Am I using what he's blessed me with to benefit all of you? So that's the question. Are you guys using the gifts God has given you to benefit The church, the those around you, the believers you have in your life, your family, how are you using those gifts? Or are you burying them in the world and using them to maybe make more money at work and whatever it is, right? So think about that. Is this church, are the people in your life that are godly and ungodly, are they better because of the gifts that God has given you? Something to think about. Because we're to be faithful. And if our goal is to hear at the end, well done, good and faithful servant, we have to be faithful with what God has given us. We can't hinder it. You can't be like a selfish kid on Christmas morning. No, I don't want to share. This is mine. Like, we can't, that's not what God wants. At the same time, he doesn't want us to be ignorant and be like, mm, next, next gift. I don't really like that one. That's not what I wanted. You know, that breaks God's heart. Like, we put all, he put all this thought and love in this gift, and he's like, here you go, son. And you're like, mm, I really don't want to get up in front of church and talk to people because that's like my biggest fear. And God's like, oh, man, John. Bro, it's going to bless you. Right? So think about those things. Are we being faithful? Verses 8 through 10. So I'm just going to briefly touch on these things, mention, because if I'm not careful, I could go probably another hour. Um, So we have the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Right? So the word of knowledge is God-given insight into what God is doing in the world. So I'll give you an example. There's been many times where I'm like working out or walking around praying and God will put it on my heart for this person. And I'll be like, oh, hey, uh, excuse me. God wants you to know that you're going to make it through. Just lean on Him. And I'll just start bawling. I'm like, whoa, what's happening? That's exactly what I needed to hear, man. I was praying this morning. Like, whoa, that's crazy. I didn't even, like, how did I know this person needed that, right? I'll give you an example in my life. I was, you know, as we all do, struggling with financial things. And Johnny called me one day, I was standing at my table. He goes, hey, Josh, Lord, give me a word for you. I'm like, oh, yeah. Let's see, what is it? And he goes, he wants you to know that you're going to be able to provide for your family and miss what you think. And I like dropped to my knees. I was like, whoa, Lord, like powerful knowledge. Powerful, right? So we get these things because God gives us that gift to be able to relate to people. And then the, the word of wisdom is God giving insight into the mysteries, purposes, and the workings of God, right? So how do we apply that into people's lives? How do we apply the verses, the knowledge that we have to help edify those people? Faith gift of faith, the ability to confidently believe God for change and spiritual growth that will enhance the purposes of God. Right? It's a gift. We're not always like 100% faithful, like, yeah, Lord, I know this is going to work. Like, we doubt. Right? Another example, I don't know if all of you know, but Jamie attends this church. He was diagnosed with cancer like two years ago. And I felt it on my heart to go pray for him at the hospital. And I was driving to the hospital, and I was like, Lord, you're going to heal this kid. I'm so pumped. Like I can't wait to get there. We're gonna, I got the verses, and you're going to do it. And like I was 100% sure. I didn't doubt one bit. But then I'll meet someone else in a situation where I want, God wants me to pray, and I'll doubt. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know if you can do this. This is tough. And I'm like, wait a minute. You healed cancer. Right? Because that's a gift that God's given you. Not, it doesn't always come around, but that's the gift of faith which goes along with the next few here, healings and works of miracles, like casting out demons, right? So again, some people in some churches think like these gifts are out of date, like we can't heal people, like we can't cast out demons anymore, like those are old school things. I'm sorry, didn't Jesus say that you will do greater works than I? When did that expire? Like 200 AD, 300 AD? When, did that, when was the expiration date in that promise? I don't really remember, I don't remember reading that part. That's because we can still do it. He raised Lazarus from the dead and we can do greater works than him, he tells us. But we have to have that faith to do those things. Prophecy, a declaration of God's will to God's people. Prophecy is for edification and encouragement. And then discernment of spirits, the ability to know the truth or error is being spoken and whether a prophet is true or false. So great application. This week I was uh, talking to one of my clients and she's you know, having trouble in her marriage and she goes, Josh, you know, the Lord spoke to me this week and he said that I need to distance myself and move out away from my husband and these things. And I'm all, what? That doesn't sound like the Lord. She goes, yeah, he told me that. I need to push away people in my life that aren't benefiting me. And I'm all, what? I'm like, so I say, let me ask you a question. Did Jesus push away the people that were murdering him on the cross? Or did he say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because I'm pretty sure that's what he said. And she goes, no, no, Josh, you're twisting that. I go, you want me to open the book? I'll show you where he said it. Like, so that's discerning of spirits. You can tell right after the that no, this is not right. This is not lining up with what God says. This is not lining up with the qualities of God. God doesn't want marriages to be separated. He wants reconciliation. He wants them to come together. Nothing more, because that's very sacred to him, is, is marriage. The interpretation of tongues and the, um, <clears throat> the different kinds of tongues, which we'll get into um, in chapter 14. But basically, this is a gift that is to benefit us in our private prayer life, our you know, special language we get with the Lord in our private devotion time. So we'll finish here in verse 11. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So all this diversity God has created among his children, among all of us, and we don't even look at it the way God does because we can't. We're sinful. We look at each other through the eyes of the world and our standards and how society sets standards, right? Well, this person's disabled, so they're not as good as me because, you know, I'm real smart, or this person, you know, is mentally challenged, so they're not, they can't go as high as this person because, you know, like we put limitations, or this person's homeless, so they're, you know, they're lower on the totem pole. It's what? That's not God's heart. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Nick Vujicic, but if you haven't, write it down, look him up. He's amazing. He has no arms, no legs. Well, he has kind of like a piece of a leg, which he uses to flip his Bible, which is super cool. Um, but he's just like a little torso, and people look at him. I've, I've told people about him. They're like, "Oh my gosh, I feel so bad for that guy." I'm like, "Why?" Why do you feel bad for him? He doesn't feel bad for himself. He he's so fulfilled and he has a great gift of teaching. And you know, I've listened to a lot of his messages and it's amazing. But because he can't drive a car and because he can't run a marathon, like we think he's not as good because we put him in a box. That's not how God sees him. And it's very sad. God looks at him with nothing but love. You know, so I want to challenge you guys when you see people on the streets, when you see people in your lives, because we're gonna do it, and we're like, oh this person no, not today, right? Remember that God made them in his image. Every single person, I've been doing this week, as I drive down the street, as I'm at work, and you know, sometimes homeless people will come into my work, and all the people working there are like, oh, here comes a homeless person. And I'm just like, God made them in his image. That is the image of God right there. And it's, that person has gifts that he wants to bestow upon us, and he has gifts that he wants us to bestow upon them, and how sad that we distance ourselves from people that seem less fortunate because they're not up to our standard and what our society says. So just challenge you guys. Look at, you know, look at your lives and look at those people and remember, you know, see, mentally disabled, that's God's image. God loves that person and they're gifted, just like us. So we want to use our gifts to bless them, the gifts that God gives us. We want to use them because he tells us and they have gifts to bless us. So I'll finish with this. It's just like Christmas morning, right? God gave us this gift, and we're opening the present. This is one extreme, and we're like, oh, wow, a basketball. I kind of like football. No, I don't really want that gift, right? We don't want to be that. We don't want to be this kid. Oh, my gosh, a PlayStation. Oh, mine. I'm going to lock myself in my room and never play, right? This is what God wants with our gifts. He wants us to open our gifts and say, Richard, Johnny, Calvin, Ben, guys, I got four controllers for this PlayStation. Why don't you guys come over and play this game that I got? Why don't I bless you with this gift that God has given me? And then next week, why don't you bring over your game, and we'll all play together. That's how God wants us to use those gifts. He wants us to be sharing and serve other people and bless other people with the gifts that he gives us. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Dear Father God, we just... uh, we just thank you for this time and just this message, Lord, and just that you are the great gift giver, Lord. And you give to us so abundantly and so freely and so openly and mercifully, God. And I pray that you just forgive us if we don't just enjoy those gifts and don't appreciate the gifts that you give us. And if we don't know our gifts, God, if we're ignorant of the gifts that you have given us, I pray that we would seek you, that we'd come to your throne and ask you to reveal to us your gifts, Lord, that we could just use them and and work on them, develop those talents that you want to be used for your glory. So I just pray, Lord, as we go out during this week that we would just uh, look at other people as you look at us, as made in your image, Lord, that they have gifts and they have things that we can learn from and that we can benefit them with, Lord, too. So I pray that we would not try to hone the market on God and separate ourselves and set up different kinds of social standings and cliques, Lord, but that we would just have your heart and enjoy the spice of life.